Welcome to the Bruce Siski Show. Follow the Bruce Siski Show on Twitter to interact anytime. Got something on your mind? You can text Bruce during the show by using the short code 84454. You're listening to the Bruce Siski Show on 610 and FM 103.9 KDAL. 1012, it is a Tuesday. We are into 2024. Happy New Year to all of you on the 2nd of January. Bruce Siski Show. On KDAL, great to have you along. Lots to uh, get to from the weekend. We will do that here as uh, we go on here this hour. But uh, first, we talk some hockey and our dear friend Pat McAletti off the top of the show here this morning. Good morning, sir. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, Bruce. Um, The second half begins, and um, this is when we really start – uh, focusing on uh, what is going to happen the rest of the season. Yeah, there's a lot here in, in, in a lot of different realms. By the way, uh, the United States, Drew Fortescue, just scored on a left point shot about a minute and a half in. The United States leads Latvia 1-0 in the quarterfinals of the World Juniors over in Gothenburg, Sweden, where the Czechs have just upset the Canadians 3-2. So Canada will not medal. And I haven't looked, Pat. It's, I have to think that this is a very rare year where the Canadians aren't in the picture to get a medal in the uh, the semifinal round. Well, uh, they expect to win it every year. Yep. And uh, they, they've won the last the last two and this this tournament as you very well know bruce um to our friends up in canada is <laughs> is it's huge it and is. uh you know and <laughs> you know I, i'd hate to be on social media in about you know 15 20 minutes to read uh everything that is going to be said about that team the coaches the managers the you name it right and so um big upset for for uh, Czechia. Yeah, it's it's big for the Czechs. They've got a good squad. Uh, this is actually, believe it or not, it's the second time in the last 9 tournaments that Canada will not medal. They failed to medal in 2019 in Vancouver slash Victoria. Finland won that event, beating the U.S. in the gold medal game. And the Canadians also failed to medal in 2016 in Helsinki. Finland won that one, beating the Russians for gold. The U.S. got bronze. So uh, this has actually happened a couple of times inside a decade for the Canadians. And I know from the, the social media stuff that I saw – uh, going into this tournament, there was a little bit of, of consternation amongst the Canadian supporters about the roster that they took and the way that they chose to deploy, especially the forwards. Uh, there was a feeling that the 13th and 14th forwards on this Canadian roster should have played a lot more than they did. Yeah, and, and, and you know, you're, you're going to get that criticism, right? Um, especially when you get eliminated. And you know, I, I think I had read, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but they were flying guys in yep. from from Canada, uh, you know, so, you know, during the tournament, which, you know, if you're not set, you know, if you have a hesitation about your roster um, inside the tournament, uh, you're going to probably have some, some issues. And, you know, and, 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 it, and it probably starts with, well, you know, do we have the right mix of guys to do what we want to do to win? Uh, you know, is this player going to work here? Is you know, all those all those um, questions come up, and 
And so obviously they they just they couldn't put it together, and and they're eliminated now. Talking uh, some hockey with Pat McAuletti. Uh, we'll update this U.S. Latvia game as the hour goes on. Again, one nothing uh, for the U.S. in this quarterfinal game, and then Sweden Switzerland the last quarterfinal of the day at twelve thirty in Gothenburg. Uh, I want to bring this a little closer to home, Pat. And, and you mentioned the second half of the college hockey season. We'll get to that, but uh, some news just in from Joe Smith of the Athletic who uh, they're at the wild morning skate of the year ahead of the Flames game tonight. And uh, we can now consider Philip Gustafson and Kirill Kaprizov week to week. Gustafson lower body, Kaprizov upper body. And uh, boy, Pat, uh, the hits just keep on coming for this wild team that has been depleted by injuries off and on here throughout the season. And now John Hines gets some real adversity for the first time since taking over. Well, I, I tell you what, it, it, sometimes, as you very well know, Bruce, that, um, you know, when guys go down, you, you see a pack mentality and, um, and, and you, you pull together and you win some games. And that has happened with the Wild. But I, I mentioned uh, on another show the other day that you can't sustain it. it it's unsustainable to have your top guys out for a long period of time and think that you're going to win hockey games. Uh, it, it, it makes it really, really difficult. Uh, you know, they're what? They, you know, they were 9-3. They're 9-5 and five under under Hines, 9-3 and three going into the weekend where, you know, critical games against the Jets and they lose, uh, they lose both games. But you, you just can't. You can't survive in a league as good as it is uh, to lose your top players. And, and that's... Um, it's really unfortunate for uh, for John and uh, and the whole uh, organization because you know they're, they 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 work themselves into a position to say hey we can make the playoffs again and um, and but they're not they're not above that line where they can say okay these injuries we can get by with and so um, the task is going to be difficult. No question, and I think what we saw Sunday. I didn't watch the whole game Sunday, Pat, but I think you know, you talk about a pack mentality. It felt like they were playing together on Sunday. They just didn't have enough against the Winnipeg Jets, and and, and Dom Tonelato gets the the winning goal for Winnipeg on a delayed penalty in the third period, and the Jets hang on three two. It's not like the Wild had their doors blown off outside of the first period Saturday. They were competitive in both those games against the the, the Jets, who are off to a great start this year. But they just – the only way I could think to say it, Pat, they didn't have enough. Yeah, and, and uh, before I, I comment on that, um, so happy for Dom uh, yeah. Toninato. Uh, great kid, great leader uh, for the Bulldogs. Uh, you know, his mother is wonderful. Of course, she's from Hibbing, from Hibbing of course. <laughs> of course. And, uh, and, well, you know, so um, – and so I'm really, really happy for him. Yeah, when you when you look at this lineup – Bruce, and I think you and I have talked about this before. Uh, if this team does not have their top guys, A, going, and B, in the lineup, um, that's going to pose a problem because they, you know, give every excuse in the book, they don't have the talent top to bottom. Um, it's not a next man up mentality because you can't tell me someone's going to go in and and, and be the next man up in, in Kaprizov or Boldy or Zuccarello or, or Johansson or you know they, they don't have they don't have enough depth there in that in that type of player so um, you're, you're right you know they play hard and they're playing smarter and they're working hard 
Uh, but when it when it comes to yep, I need a goal. It's they're they're really difficult to find. Yeah, they are. They they certainly are. And and you know, by the way, some good news. Michael Russo just uh, now posting on X that uh, Matt Zuccarello is on the ice ahead of the Wilds morning skate. So maybe some good news there in terms of, of trying to get some injured players back in the lineup, and uh, and that would certainly help as as they go forward here. It's not it's not like the schedule's not going to be busy here coming up. The Wild have four games this week and four more games next week. So uh, not a lot of rest here for the Wild as they look forward here to uh, to trying to get to some headway in the Western Conference playoff race. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, 1,000 games. It's just so hard for a goaltender to, to play in this many games in the NHL. And I know he wishes he had gotten a win on Sunday, but what a special accomplishment. It's been so much fun to watch this guy in Minnesota wild colors, an absolute legend in the game and in his position. He doesn't look any different than he, than he did six, seven years ago in, in terms of his mobility and his, and his uh, you know, his strength and, and, and his agility. And uh, boy, I, I, it, 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 it is amazing. You absolutely tip your cap. To this, to this guy, and um, and they're going to need him now because he's going to have to play a lot of games coming up uh, for this team until Gustafson gets back. And uh, so, um, you know, I, I'm sure he relish, relishes it, but, um, you know, he's, he's going to be worked, that's for sure. Uh, by the way, back to Dom real quick, and then we kind of shift into college hockey yep. as we do that. You know, one thing that – and I don't think Dom was was necessarily appreciated enough during his time in Duluth, and I've got my theories. We, we'd be here all day if I tried to run through it. There's, there's multiple reasons why I think it's the case. But but I look at a guy like that. I look at a Carson Coleman uh, who's still in the AHL and, and, and doing what he can with the in the Islanders system. And these guys are they, they got you know pretty decent money guarantees from their their organizations this year, especially in Dom's case on that two year deal he got from Winnipeg. And I, I look at Dom and I look at Carson and I see two guys that have embraced what they are. They they, they haven't yeah. tried they haven't tried to be something that they're not in pro hockey. They've embraced what they are and they've made the most of what they have. And I, I think that they are a couple of guys that could be lessons for a whole lot of young players all over the sport. You're not all going to be top six forwards or top four defensemen in the NHL. Sometimes you have to understand what you're going to be and embrace it. I could not have said that any better, Bruce. Uh, I, there's no doubt. If Dom went into the National Hockey League thinking that you know, I've, I've got to be a guy that's going to score goals. He, he never, never would have made it. Never would have made it. And uh, and he, you know, he's a mature kid. He's he's a leader. Um, he understands his game. Or or you know, and, and Scott did a marvelous job with him, um, getting him to, uh, to to the point of of the type of player he is and the type of player that he has to be. Um, at at the college, because hey, listen, he, he you know he wasn't a uh, a monster scorer in college hockey, um, but but you know what, he was tough to play against, and you know all the all of those things, right? And he's carried that onto onto the professional level, and you know he's a type of guy that you you're really really happy to have on your on your team, so. Uh, really happy for him. 
Well, how do you see this as we get into the second half of the season? And, and you know, UMV certainly has had its struggles winning games. I think we've, you know, the, the injury struggles and, yeah. and all that have been well chronicled to this point. It was nice to see him get a win Friday against Air Force. It was nice to see him, I thought, play well in both games in, in that tournament in Milwaukee over the weekend. And it, it, it does feel like they've taken some steps defensively. I don't know what they've got in terms of the NCHC race, but they're far from out of home ice contention, Pat. How do you see the Bulldogs in the second half? Well, I think the Bulldogs need, you know, listen, um, significant injuries and then the, obviously the academic loss um, uh, certainly hurts them. They need to have, in my opinion, that mentality mentality of so what? So what? Okay, we're, we're down. And, and have that and just have that chip on your shoulder and, and make it really, really difficult for teams to beat them. And then all of a sudden, you know, you get a win, you get two wins, then you then you then you carry that on. Um, so, uh, you know, it, listen, it, it, it's never easy when you when you lose uh, the type of players that they've lost. Uh, that being said, you know, college hockey. If you find something that works for you and stick with it, as UMD has done in the past, um, you know, let's let it play out and see, you know, where 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 things happen. Because Bruce, in my estimation. From what I've seen in college hockey this year, there are, you know, 12 to 15 teams that have a chance to make it to St. Paul in April and have a chance to win the national title. I, I, I honestly, I am, I don't know, um, you know, from night to night who's going to win. And that, that's great about college hockey because there's a lot of parity this year, but man, uh, it changes every weekend. Well, it's just so topsy-turvy. It feels like yep. is, and I haven't paid, I don't pay a lot of attention to the polls, but it feels like every week, you know, number one's falling or number one's having some struggles somewhere. Out. It's just been crazy. Yeah. And, 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 and that's, and that's the thing. And, and you have to ask yourself why? Well, you know what? There's other good teams. Number one, number two, um, uh, you know, teams are, are not at the point yet where, they understand if they're good or not good. The polls may say one thing, but are we really? And and because if you are, you know, you you saw last year, uh, you know, the teams that were at the top, they stayed at the top. You know, the top four uh, throughout the throughout the season, you know, flip flop whether they're one, two, or three, or what what have you. But you knew who your top teams were. This year, I you know, I just I, I see something completely different. That's why, you know, starting now and this weekend is really and in, in, in going to the, to the end of the season is we're going to see what teams rise and which teams can't handle it and, and, and settle into a, a, lower, uh, a lower place. So um, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a, a really fun second half. Pat, appreciate you as always, man. Thank you so much. Thanks, Bruce. Appreciate it. Bob, 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 Pat, Pat Micheletti, not Bob Olin. That was last hour. Pat Micheletti. It's been a long morning. Uh, U.S. leading Lavia 1-0, about eight and a half to go in the first period in the third of the four semifinals today at the World Junior Hockey Championship in Gothenburg, Sweden. Uh, already we've seen Canada and the Slovaks, both high seeds, both lose in their first round, or their quarterfinal round games. The U.S. has just scored. Gabe Perot. 
on a rebound. It's now 2-0 U.S., 8-18 to go in the first. So uh, the U.S. is the top overall seed in this tournament and looking to advance past the Latvians here this morning and into the semifinals on Thursday. Medal games will be played in Sweden on Friday. Round timeout. As we continue on this Tuesday, plenty of the recap from the holiday weekend. We will do that after we hear from Mike Grimm, go for daily update, and of course, the news break coming as well. 1027, Bruce Siski Show at KDAL. This is the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Grimm. We'll talk University of Minnesota football when we come back. How much can you save when you shop Cub? Let's just say you might need a bigger cart. We've lowered prices so you save more. On Essential Every Day, it's easy to see the savings. Across the aisles, from pantry products to frozen foods to delicious dairy and more. Your family will love it, guaranteed, or your money back. Shop Cub and save today. My Cub, my way. See store for details. It was a week ago today that the Golden Gophers beat Bowling Green 30-24 to in the Quick Lane Bowl in Detroit, finishing the season at 6-7. and Head coach P.J. Fleck is now in the process of hiring a new defensive coordinator. He'll make that determination soon. He says he's evaluating what the defense did this past season and hoping the way they prep for the bowl victory helped them move forward now into the offseason and into next season. You know, I thought this year at times we lacked attention to detail and attention to the fundamental. Football's made up of a few things. There's attention to detail and attention you give the fundamental. And then you plug that into a scheme. So it's the attention of the fundamentals and details plugged into a scheme. The scheme deserves a ton of attention too. And then the scheme gets applied on game day and you have to be able to execute that in the pressure of the situation. So you're executing the fundamental within the technique under the pressure of the situation. And that's what we have done everything we can in the four weeks to get better at because I thought we we didn't do well this year in that. And that's something we got to uh, have emphasis in the 2023.5 season against Bowling Green and then obviously in 24. That's Gopher head coach P.J. Flack, who is now 5-0 and in bowl games with the Gophers. Last week's win was his 50th at Minnesota and his 80th all-time win as a college head coach. For more info on Golden Gopher football, log on to gophersports.com. That's the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Grimm. The Bruce Siski Show. You're going to need a blanket and suntan lotion because you're never going to get off that beach just the way you never got into the NHL. On 610 and FM 103.9 KDAL. Ten thirty-four. U.S. and Latvia have traded goals here. Latvia got it to 2-1, and now the U.S. has just scored on a double deflection point shot by Seamus Casey, and that has put the U.S. back up by two here, 3-1, as they tick into the final five and a half minutes of the first period in Gothenburg, Sweden. Again, the U.S. top overall seed at the World Juniors as they play the quarterfinals throughout the morning here today in Sweden. Uh, a couple more things mentioned. The uh, Bulldog men, nice to see them get a win Friday. 4-1 over Air Force. I thought a good reward for a pretty good weekend as they uh, get the split of the two games at the Quick Trip Holiday Faceoff in Milwaukee. Uh, hats off, by the way, to all the folks in Milwaukee, the Gazelle Group, and everybody at the University of Wisconsin because that's a first-class event. That is a first-class building Pfizer Forum. They filled up the lower bowl Friday and Saturday for the Badger games. Uh, they had almost 9,000 there for the championship game on Saturday. Pretty good event, the Quick Trip Holiday Face-Off, even though there were no, no, uh, no donuts. More to come. 
after CBS News 1035 on KDAL. The Bruce Siski Show. We won a game yesterday. And if we win one today, that's two in a row. We win one tomorrow, that's called a winning streak. It has happened before. On 610 and FM 103.9 KDAL. Ten forty on this Tuesday. Later on this week, I believe Alan Horton, Timberwolves Radio Network, will be joining us. Also, be chatting with St. Thomas men's hockey coach Rico Blasi, head of the exhibition, on Saturday afternoon at the UST Ice Arena in Mendota Heights. Looking forward to heading down there. A little day trip down for an exhibition game, four o'clock Saturday here on KDAL for the Bulldogs and Tommies. Also, uh, UMV men's hockey captain Luke Lohite later on this week. Kind of a mid-season review from him, his thoughts as we get into the second half of the season. They've got the exhibition game uh, coming up on Saturday, and then the Bulldogs will be heading to NCHC play for the balance of the regular season beginning next weekend at home against Colorado College. And one quick reminder, of Forrest Carr will be here Monday, UMV Athletic Director, and we'll talk more about this then. But uh, last year, UMV women's hockey standout Gabby Hughes, of course, wins the uh, Hockey Humanitarian Award for her efforts with Sophie Squad. Next weekend on Saturday, Sophie Squad will be at Amsoil all day. Uh, women versus Bemidji, men versus CC. And uh, we'll have more on that next week on the radio show as well and uh, your chance to help uh, support that great mental health awareness organization next Saturday at Amsoil. Of course, a lot happened while I was gone. Thank you, Tom Robick, for uh, sitting in as ably as you did last week. And Sunday night was not what I expected. Maybe I'm just bitter because the Packers' defense have been so porous for pretty much the last month. But that was not what I expected to see on Sunday night. Uh, they were aggressive. I thought appropriately aggressive against a rookie quarterback, and, and they had to be careful, right? You know, the, the Packers are in a spot here with Eric Stokes suffering a hamstring injury late last week going on IR. He'll miss the rest of the season. With Jair Alexander suspended after that inexplicable decision he made uh, before the Carolina game basically inserting himself as a captain, calling the coin flip, and then almost screwing it up. He was lucky that he didn't screw it up and, and cost the Packers a possession in that game. I Boy, I, it's... It, 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 you have to be careful. You've got young guys in, in Valentine and Valentine on the outside. They signed Benny Sapp to the active roster to help out. You, you can't... You, you can't just blitz all night. You're facing a rookie quarterback, and you want to get in his face, and you want to make him, you know, force him to make some quick decisions that he might not be equipped to make. And and I thought the, you know, I watched Matthew Collar, Purple Insider, his post game on YouTube Sunday, and I thought that him and Dame Mizzitani of the Pioneer Press made a good point. You know, the, the things were happening way too fast for Jaron Hall on Sunday. The Packers made some of those things happen fast. They also didn't have to make things happen fast. They were already happening fast for that young guy. It didn't go well. It was an unmitigated disaster. Two turnovers, 5 of 10, 67 yards in the first half, and, and Jordan Love just continues. And I'm not going to annoy Jordan Love's Hall of Fame quarterback because I don't think there's any need to do that right now. But 
what I've seen from Jordan Love the last six weeks, if you tell if you told me in 15 years that Jordan Love be a Hall of Famer, I could see it happening. That's as far as I'll go with it. I'm not going to make that prediction myself, but I do think it's reasonable to assert that, yeah, um, they're on the verge of some really good things happening with this guy. He has got a chance to be very special, and I, I'm not just saying that. It, this this is this is something that bears watching as we get into the. Uh, the latter part of this season and the offseason because I, I don't know where I heard this, but I heard a really good point made about love. And that's a, you go back to Aaron Rodgers, and again, this is not a direct comparison. So so please don't take it that way. I'm not Chris Collinsworth. Um, if you go and, and look back at Aaron Rodgers' first season on the job, there were some issues with his consistency. He didn't, he didn't always make the right throw when he did make the right read, the throw wasn't where it needed to be because his footwork wasn't right. Like you, you, you almost have to you, you have to get a feel for your feet in the pocket in in these active situations, and it's so hard, especially nowadays with how teams practice, to simulate those things in practice. Jordan Love's going to have an entire off season here to study his own footwork. And it's probably job number one for him, provided he stays healthy here the last however many games they've got left to play. He's got to stay healthy, yes, but as long as he can do that, he number one for him is his footwork. Because with his footwork getting better, his consistency and everything else he does is going to get better. And again, I point to the offensive line was outstanding on Sunday night. Love was barely touched. And it's not like the Vikings didn't blitz. They, they brought plenty of pressure. They couldn't get to him. You know, the line did a great job. A.J. Dillon did a great job. Tucker Kraft, a couple different times, was, was doing a fantastic job, even one-on-one against guys like Harrison Smith and Daniil Hunter, mainstays on this Vikings defense. The offensive line being good has largely here meant Jordan Love has been good in the second half of the season. When the offensive line has struggled like that Giants Monday night game, that's where Jordan Love struggled the most. So as long as the line is right, the Packers have a chance here. And if they win Sunday versus the Bears, they are in the postseason after the Vikings. Uh, Kevin O'Connell said yesterday he has decided on who will start at quarterback, but he's not had a chance to sit down with the quarterbacks yet. That announcement is expected today. I would think it's going to be Nick Mullins, maybe Joshua Dobbs, but probably Nick Mullins Sunday, noon kickoff in Detroit against the Lions. Uh, Mullins came out in the second half Sunday night, 13-22, 113. The touchdown after the muff punt to a Johnny Munt. And no turnovers, more importantly, for Mullins after he was a turnover machine in the uh, starts that he made there the last couple of weeks with the Vikings. Uh, the Wild mentioned with Pat, they're banged up. Kirill Kaprizov, Philip Gustafson week to week. Uh, lower body for Gustafson, upper body for Kaprizov. Michael Russo of The Athletic indicating yesterday in a post on X that it, just based on what he said, it looks like Gustafson's expected to miss more time than Kaprizov. Uh, he had Gustafson missing at least a couple of weeks with a further evaluation today. Kaprizov around a week, maybe two. So 
hopefully get Kaprizov back late next week. Best case scenario, it sounds like. Uh, the Wild recalled Zane McIntyre from AHL Iowa to back up a Marc-Andre Fleury for the time being. They had to do that because their top goaltending prospect, yes, for Volstead, is currently hurt at AHL Iowa. He's expected back uh, here, it looks like, maybe soon. So he could become a call-up option for the Wild, depending on how long Gustafson's out of the lineup. Mentioned with Pat, uh, Matt Zuccarello did skate this morning. So hopefully uh, getting closer to his return. Jonas Brodeen, still out upper body. Vinny Letary, day-to-day lower body. As the Wild host Calgary tonight, Joe O'Donnell, Tom Reed, Kevin Fulness. Coverage at 645 on AM 710. And it's going to be interesting to see here in the next couple of weeks as we find out the official word from the uh, Baseball Hall of Fame. But it looks increasingly like Joe Maurer is going to make it in in his first time on the ballot. Uh, Maurer, according to Ryan Thibodeau, who runs a Hall of Fame tracker, he's received as of last night 101 ballots. Well, not received. It's like they send him directly to him. He's received actually seven ballots that have not been revealed publicly. But uh, instead, uh, 101 ballots total. That counts the uh, folks that have already declared publicly their own votes. And uh, guys like Dan Hayes of the Athletic choosing to do that. Anyway, Maurer's on 82% of those ballots. You need 75% for induction. Thibodeau, in an article I saw on the uh, Start Tribune website, a quote is basically saying the number always comes down from the publicly revealed ballots. These numbers for all these players almost always will come down. But Maurer's in a good spot right now at over 80%, and we'll see if it sticks up there and if Maurer can become the third catcher ever to make the Hall of Fame on the first ballot, the other two being Johnny Bench and Yvonne Rodriguez. Maurer, it's interesting because I I feel like his candidacy, when you talk to baseball people, baseball fans outside of Minnesota, is almost stronger than it is amongst the baseball fans in Minnesota. I don't necessarily understand the mentality, but it's there. And it's annoying, but it's there. It's it's like kind of what I said with Pat with Dom Toninato. It's like I feel like Bulldog fans didn't appreciate the guy enough. I feel like Twins fans have completely underappreciated Joe Maurer to the point of almost annoyance. Uh, Timberwolves fall yesterday, one twelve, one hundred six to the Knicks. Bucks fall to Indiana, one twenty two to one thirteen for the Wolves. They're back at it tomorrow at home against New Orleans. We'll have it here on KDAL. Uh, Alan Horton on the call, covered from Target Center, six forty five tomorrow. And the opening tip at 7, the Wolves still by a game and a half on Oklahoma City have the number one spot in the NBA's Western Conference. They've been a little bit inconsistent as of late. You know, Chris Finch called them out, especially the offensive end of things after the Lakers win last week. It hasn't gotten a lot better. Still a lot of turnovers, and now they're getting a little sloppier defensively. So we'll see if they can tighten the reins with the Pelicans in town tomorrow night. We're brought to you by Sanju, Sanju Polaris, Sanju.com. With the cars are wrapping up a moment at 10.50. Bruce Siski Show on KDAL. KDAL. Listening to the latest news and weather on his computer. Streaming live on TuneIn. 10.59 as we wrap things up on this Tuesday morning. Happy New Year once again. Thanks, Sanju. Sanju Polaris, Sanju.com. We are back tomorrow and throughout the rest of the week. We've got 
Alan Horton, Timberwolves Radio Network, Bulldog men's hockey captain Luke Lowheights, St. Thomas men's hockey coach Rico Blasi, all coming up for you this week. Brad and Kenny with Sound Off after the news. Have a great Tuesday. Thanks for listening. This has been the Bruce Siski Show. Hit us up on Twitter at Bruce Siski Show and let us know what you think. No, yes, no, well, no, I, I crossed my mind. Visit KDAL610.com to podcast today's show anytime. What you say? Listen to shows on demand and download for free. You can also subscribe via Spotify or your favorite podcast app. This has been the Bruce Siski Show. CBS News is up next. For more than 80 years, KDAL 103.9, W28FBFM, and 610 KDAL Duluth Superior, a Midwest communication station. KDAL.